Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a sidequel to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of The Americans. It's going to be a short episode this week, very short, and I'm sure some of you are going to go boo, but next week's will be super long, so it all balances out. And the reason I'm not just tagging this one on, or tagging next week's on to this one, make it really, really long, is I'm trying to get the right amount of episodes out before Christmas comes, and um, kind of stagger it just right. So that I can, um, well, make that announcement when the American's print version is available. So there's all about timing. Timing, marketing, and other things that go into it. So anyway, that's what's going on there. So that's why it's a short one. It's kind of a little teaser, a little taste, with a bit of a cliffhanger for what? What's going on? So anyway, that's, that's what's happening there. Um, hey! Just want to remind everybody, if you haven't checked out Sample Saturday on the website, you really need to, jakebible.com. I've got authors who are posted under Sample Saturday. You can look over to the side, see the categories, and yeah, click on that. Um, check them out. Scott Roche was last week. I've got um, J.R.D. Skinner this week. Um, I've got more people lined up over the next few weeks. we got a few months worth of um, authors already lined up. And if you don't know what Sample Saturday is, it's my way of just kind of sharing my site, sharing you, my fans, with other writers um, who may not be you know, exposed to as many fans as I have been lucky to have. And who may, you know, just not be exposed to my genre of fans, if you will. You zombie-loving, mech-loving, sci-fi, military-loving, horror-loving, crazy, crazy people. You're all insane. I love you, man. Woman, child. If there's children listening to this, that's probably not appropriate. But it depends on their age, really. I'm, you know, I'm the father of a thir almost 13-year-old boy. And I did tell him once he turns 13, he gets to read Dead Mac. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> we shall see how that goes. Yeah, anyway. Um, let's see, what else is there? Oh, you know, I've got something cool to um, semi-kind of pre-announce. I've been working on a novella called Stark. It is no sci-fi. It's uh, no zombies, no horror no any real genre thing going on 
you know, outside of it is ultra violent crime. It is ultra, ultra, ultra violent. The whole thing is just nothing, nothing but crazy violence through it all. And, um, I originally developed it as a novella that I was going to release as an ebook, which I still plan on doing, um, because there's going to be certain e-readers that aren't going to be able to handle what I eventually am going to do fairly soon. I am going to turn this into an illustrated novella. It's going to be basically take a novella, take a graphic novel, slap them together, and that's pretty much what I'm going for. Somewhere right in the middle there. So it'll have illustrations of the story, but it's not going to be a graphic novel with the balloon stuff, you know, balloon speech and all that stuff. It's it's not going to be a graphic novel. It'll be my words, my prose married with great illustrations and i do plan on doing a kickstarter on that so you guys need to be need to be ready need to be ready with those crazy funds because um you know gonna need a little bit of scratch to make this happen because i want to pay some really good artists and i want to pay them well i want to pay them what they're worth (laughs) um you know i've done the free thing i've um if you know ed delaney who has done my um graphics um before and who has you know done the covers to uh, my books you know he's outstanding but i have overtaxed him so unfortunately ed doesn't have time to do this um otherwise i'd pay his butt but uh, we'll do more stuff down the line but i am gonna have to hire outside of my normal comfort realm there and find some new artists and um they they charge money so be prepared for some announcements for kickstarter it's it's gonna you know it's gonna be cool um, I don't know if I'm going to try and finance. It's a three novella series. I don't know if I'll try and finance it all in one big thing or just finance them one by one and see how it goes. We shall see, but don't worry. There'll be plenty of announcements. And speaking of funding and speaking of sales and speaking of all of that, The Americans is doing okay as an ebook. It's doing so-so. Um, so-so. So-so. Really about in the so-so range. Dead Max sales, on the other hand, have completely dropped off. As you see what I did there, I, you thought I was going to say of like skyrocketed. No, they're pretty much almost dead. Uh, mech. Dead, dead mech. Which is rather puzzling. But anyway, I know each week I get nearly about 2,000 downloads per episode of The Americans. Each week. So when this drops, it'll automatically download maybe a thousand times. And by the end of the week, there'll be another thousand downloads. That means there's about 2,000 of you each week listening. Or at least downloading. Maybe only a quarter of you listen. Even if that's right, that's 500 of you listening right now. Out of those 500, maybe each week, five of you, maybe, are buying books. That's, that's, that's an interesting percentage right there. It's not a good percentage. Let me put it that way. Not, not good at all. In the world of sales and marketing, that is not a good ROI, return on investment. So, hey, let me just ask a favor. If you've read the book, The Americans, or Dead Mac, or Bethany and the Zombie Jesus, please go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and, you know, put a review up if that's where you purchased it, whichever one you got it from. Put up reviews. That really, really, really helps. You don't have to buy anything. You've already bought it. You've already read it. You've already listened. Just do me a favor. Put up a nice review. I'm not begging. I'm not pandering. I'm just asking, if you don't mind. And also, tell your friends. Tell your family. Buy some books, folks. It tis the season for buying books. That's just all there is to it. Tis the season. 
And if you read my big ass blog post about what's going on in the future, you didn't, you may have noticed that I mentioned I may not podcast the next novel just because I may not have time to do it. Um, whether I podcast the next novel does have a lot to do with time. It also has to do a lot with funds. And if books aren't selling at all, even when I'm putting all these hours in each week to getting these podcasts out, there's really no point, whether I have time or not, of doing the podcast. And this is not me holding you hostage. This is not the bait and switch, you know, where I put out two and then don't put out the third so you have to buy it. This is, you know, I'd love to podcast it. But this is me as a writer who also has a full-time job having to look at cost to time ratio and having to figure out where I need to put my energies. And if I'm not making money <laughs> or selling any books as a result of the podcast, then I may have to cut the podcast and I don't want to do that. So get out there rally folks. If you're supporting me, then, you know, show it people show it. I'm not saying you have to go buy the books, but tell people buy the books for them. Tell them, Hey, you're, you're looking for a gift. You're looking for something. Try this out. Just mention it. Casual conversation. Word of mouth sells more books than anything else. And so I guess that's all I'm asking. Use that power of your word of mouth and help me out here, folks. That's all. Um, yep. That was enough, uh, shameless self-promotion. That was enough for pretty much anything. Basically this intro is about as long <laughs> as the episode itself. So I'm going to get off here now. I'm going to get off my little soapbox, my little high horse, my little chatter, chatter, chatterbox, and let you listen to the story. Like I said, it's short, but next week will be considerably longer. So I promise. And be sure and check out Sample Saturday so you can, you know, get exposed to some other writers out there and sample their work. And that's about it. I am done ram rambling. I am done bitching. I'm done moaning. I'm done begging. I'm done borrowing and stealing. Enjoy the episode. You all rock. I want you to know that. It is true. You rock. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> Chapter 31 Melissa wiped at her eyes and sat down next to Beth. Hungry? Beth asked, rummaging through the rations pack she and Melissa were given when they loaded onto the HAV. I know you probably aren't right now, but you should eat something while you can. Melissa robotically took the small container from Beth, but didn't open it, just sat there rolling it in her hands. Beth took it back from her and popped the top, revealing stew of some sort, and handed it back to her with a small spoon she formed from the top. There. Eat, she insisted. Melissa stirred the contents, but still didn't eat. I know you blame me for all of this, Beth said. I've been a burden on your whole family since we left Gramercy. What? Melissa asked sharply. Burden? We're Americans. Ghosts. If it wasn't you, it would have been some other mission down the line. The only old ghosts are ghosts that took a desk job or promotion out of field work. Melissa looked hard into Beth's eyes. That is less than 5%. Didn't have that fact locked away in your multiple personalities, did you? Beth smiled weakly. No, I, I didn't know that. Well, it's true. Every time Heather would leave for a mission, I prepared myself. She'd always make sure I knew where her will was, the deed to the brownstone, all the bank account numbers and the paperwork I would need to fill out to emancipate myself so I didn't become a ward of the system. I would have taken you in, Billy said before he realized what he was saying. Melissa rolled her eyes at him but didn't respond. Sorry, Billy added, turning back to his own thoughts. At least I've been with her these last few days, right? Melissa said. 
I know what happened and why. It's, it's not like I got a knock at the door and was handed a flag and regrets. Melissa laughed, although since ghosts never technically existed and were outside the articles of sanctuary, I guess I wouldn't have even gotten that. Thus smiled and squeezed Melissa's hand. That's true. I, I hope I can have that attitude if she trailed off, realizing she didn't have anyone. Any memories of family were just vague outlines of people she didn't really know, just shadows of someone else's life. Melissa, sensing Beth's train of thought, said, You can have Billy. The two girls laughed quietly. What? Billy asked, looking hurt. I'm, I'm just the uncle you can give away? Thanks, Mel. We have movement on our right, Colonel Owens called over the comm. On our left, an HAV driver added. We see them, Colonel Smithfield responded. General, what are your orders? Push through or stand and fight? The general checked his own readings. Push through. We aren't stopping for anything. Orders began flowing over the comm as the various HAV commanders prepped their crews and occupants for battle. Report! I want to know who has what coming at them, the general ordered. He heard various mutterings, then the comm went silent. What's going on? Report! The movement is gone, sir, a driver reported. I don't have anything on my scope either, Colonel Owens agreed. Anybody else have a bad feeling about this? The comm went silent once again as the convoy rolled on, all techs and commanders watching the scans closely. Sir? A tech behind the general spoke up. I, I don't know what this means, but I am seeing a density anomaly in front of us. Density anomaly? What the shit does that mean? The general barked. The ground, sir, the tech responded. It, it seems to be thinner, about ten meters ahead. I think, hard to tell, something is playing havoc with the sensors. Did I stutter? Push through, General Millman ordered once again. Your call, sir, Owens responded. It could be a trap, though. If so, the lead HAV, your HAV, will be first to find out. Great, Owens, Millman snarled. That was really helpful. He thought for a second, then turned to his driver. Any alternate routes? No, sir. The driver answered. I I've been checking. We're boxed in on both sides by sandstone. We have at least another two kilometers before we hit open ground again. Where's the thin spot, then? Now only five meters ahead, sir, the tech answered. Son of a bitch, Millman said, as the ground under the general's HAV began to crack and shatter, sending the massive vehicle plummeting into the darkness. Why are we stopping? Billy asked, getting to his feet and moving to the front of the HAV. We shouldn't be stopping. Beth and Melissa stood also. Should we suit up? Beth asked. Your guess is as good as mine, Melissa answered. The other ghosts in the hold were already suited up and smirking at them. Yeah, I guess that answers that. Melissa reached below her seat and grabbed her suit. I'm glad I have a new suit. That last one had a funk to it. If we live, we'll have to figure out how to make them auto-washable, Beth laughed. If we live, I don't want to wear another of these fuckers ever again. I'm pretty sure the world will still be a dangerous place if we live. You'll probably still need it. Yeah, but if we live, I'm going to find a nice quiet hole and move in. Fuck the world. Right, but if we live... Oh, for fuck's sake, shut up about the if we live shit! Billy yelled as he came back from the front of the HAV. If you don't knock it off, I'll make sure neither of you live through the next minute. Melissa leaned in close to Beth and said in a mock whisper, if we live, I am so going to make him pay for that. If we live, I'll help, Beth whispered back. I liked you two better when you hated each other, Billy mumbled, grabbing his own suit and struggling to pull it on over his uniform. 
Melissa and Beth stripped off their uniforms and stepped into their suits, both laughing at Billy. Um, Billy, Beth began. He turned and saw they were pretty much naked again, and he averted his eyes. Billy, you have to strip down. The suits aren't really designed to go over uniforms. Billy turned his back on the girls and dropped his uniform. Nice ass, Beth mocked. Oh, shut it! Billy yelled, and everyone in the hold, including the other ghosts, laughed hysterically, desperate for anything to break the tension. Oh, yeah, so fucking funny. Laugh at Billy. Billy's ass is funny. So are you going to tell us what's going on? Billy asked, trying to get her laughter under control. Everyone's comms crackled to an open channel. This is Colonel Owens. General Millman's HAV has fallen into what we believe is a sinkhole or a trap set to lure us out into the open. Either way, we have a general to go get, so I need all ghosts out of their HAVs and setting a perimeter. We're not fucking around here, folks. We need to get the general and his crew out of that hole and get the fuck moving before whatever is behind us catches up. So let's move! All ghosts made sure they were secured in their suits, and both Melissa and Beth had to grin with pride as the suits adjusted perfectly to each ghost's individual body. Let's go, gigglers, Billy said, shoving the two girls forward as the HAV's rear ramp slammed onto the ground. Stay close to me. This could get crazy. Stay close, Melissa asked. Why? So we can save your ass? Yeah, exactly, Billy said without a hint of irony. been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible fiction audiobooks and ebooks. Cheers.